So, hey guys, it's Dr. Childs here. Today we have uh, a special guest, and that is Janie Bothorp. So, Janie Bothorp is an author and thyroid advocate. She is the author of the Stop the Thyroid Madness book series, as well as the creator of the Stop the Thyroid Madness, Madness website, where she has spent many years writing about her experience and the experience of other thyroid patients. With the use of NDT, which we'll be talking a lot about today, she's been able to reclaim her life, and she now helps other thyroid patients do the same. She's been a huge help to the thyroid community over the last 20 years, and I'm really grateful to have her on the show. So, Janie, welcome. Thank you, Dr. Childs. I'm very glad to be here. I'm really glad that you're here as well. I think we're going to have a really good discussion here. I think it's going to be really helpful for thyroid patients. So what I want to do is I'd like to just hear a little bit about your backstory, you know, how you got into thyroid management and thyroid advocacy. So can you sort of just tell us what's gone on with you and, um, you know, your thyroid story, if you don't mind? Well, very quickly, um, in my late 20s, I started having symptoms of hypothyroidism. And like millions probably since 1960, I was put on T4 only. I started out to be Synthroid and about 10 years later, it moved to Lavoxyl and I never got well and it was very frustrating. And so on, because I never got well, because every single doctor that I went to, because I was getting worse, said, oh, Janie, it's not your thyroid, you're adequately treated and your TSH is normal, mm -hmm. I was left sick. And finally, I, um, I, had, I was getting ready to apply for Social Security, I mean, for, yeah, for Social Security disability. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even leave the house anymore. It was that bad. So before I finished the application, I decided on my own, because I have the personality to do that, sure, yeah, um, sure, yeah. to do one last dish, ditch effort to find out, because I lean to believe it has to be the treatment they put me on. There's nothing else wrong with me. And I found out about desiccated thyroid, and we're going to talk about that because there's more than just desiccated thyroid. Mm -hmm. um, got on it with one uh, nurse practitioner, had to get a second one to let me raise it, and I raised it on my own and happened to get optimal, didn't know it, changed my life. So at that point, I was angry and disappointed that I went that long, and I thought, we got to talk as patients. So that's how I started the movement. Okay, I see. And so it was because of your journey and your experience and you going from feeling, you know, basically almost getting to on disability to then, would you say you re reclaimed your life back 100%? Did you go from oh, back oh, to where you were previously? Yeah, literally okay. 100%. That's amazing. And, and in fact, I really want to, uh, I want to focus on that just for a second, because I, I think that there's like this idea among thyroid patients where they just sort of feel like they're going to have to live with whatever their, their symptoms are. And, you know, even some of them will, let's say, maybe feel a little bit better with level thyroxine or even NDT. And I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking about this later, but there's some people who are using perhaps the right medication, but at the wrong dose. And so they're getting on their way there, but maybe they're 70% of normal six or, you know, or 80% of normal. Um, but I really like your story because you're showing that you can get back to hundred percent on thyroid medication. You can live, you know, that, that normal life now, but what I do want to ask you is, uh, Janie, how long did it take you, um, from starting the natural desiccated thyroid? And we'll talk about which one you were taking in just a second here, but how long did it take you from starting it to figuring out how much you needed? Was this a, how long of a process was this for you? Actually, it was just several weeks. Oh, you did it quickly. I was doing it on my own okay. um, because the doctors knew nothing. I just <laughs> had to sure, find yeah. some that would let me get. Now, at the time, it was armor, which is kind of ironic with what's going on now. Right. And it worked beautifully then. And so I, they didn't know what they were doing. I just found two nurse practitioners that were willing to let me do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I would say several weeks, you know, it, it, not just a few, but several weeks. And sure. 
I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I, I mean, I would say when you were dosing your, your medication, your armor back then, um, were you doing it just based off how you were feeling? Was that kind of, how were you kind of self-dosing at that time? Do you well, remember? Back then, I and we did not know what we know now. Sure. So all I could do was just, I, somehow I knew to keep raising and I don't really know how I knew that, mm -hmm. but I just kept raising back then my dose was three and three fourths grains. I think, think that's what it was then. Sure. Um, I don't know how I knew it. I just intuitively knew I needed to get up there mm -hmm. and I stayed there for years. Okay, good. So I, actually, let me ask you this while we're on this topic. So over the last, let's say, cause this was probably what, 20 years ago. Is that about right? So since that time and now, how has your dose fluctuated over that time period? Um, not much. Um, okay. There was a period that I started going into perimenopause and okay. that's where my progesterone had fallen and my estrogen was high. And that extra estrogen was binding some of the thyroid hormones I was on. So I had mm. to move four grains. And mm. then once I entered menopause, I went down to three and a half. And I've been at three and a half for a few years now. Okay. Are you talking about the increase in sex hormone binding globulin as a result of estrogen therapy? Is that what you're referring yeah, to? Yeah. It, when my estrogen was high, we are we, we know that it binds mm -hmm. uh, some of the thyroid hormones. It's not 100%. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I was feeling it. I was feeling more hypo. So I went to four grains, did fine, went through menopause. And then I realized four grains was too much. It was making my free T4 too high. And it was starting to convert to RT3, which I can explain. Yes. So I went down to three and a half. And that was my optimal dose and has been for several years. Okay. That's really good to know. Yeah. I do actually want you to expand on that because um, I think well, there's kind of two, two ways that you can think about this. First of all, you have this group of patients out there who I think are being treated mostly based off whatever the doctor says, you know, and their, their doses are being adjusted solely based off the TSH. And then you have, I think perhaps, you know, and I'm kind of maybe putting words into your mouth here, but you have sort of like a group of patients, uh, thyroid patients who are more knowledgeable, who probably know even more than many doctors do. And you guys are dosing based off of, is it, is it another way that you're finding your target dose there? Or how would you say you're getting to that target dose? Is it based off solely symptoms? Are you looking at lab tests and a combination? Like, how does that look for you? It actually isn't based on symptoms to the degree that you think it is. You know, okay. we had to learn all of this the hard way. Sure. And the group I started I said, let's talk. And I was not going to go by anybody's opinion. I, I knew that. Thank goodness I knew that. Kept my ego under control. Went by, what is your experience and what is your experience? Mm -hmm. And in the early years, we discovered a lot because uh, some people were willing to experiment back then. And the experimentation also gave us knowledge besides all of us. And there were some things we were reading. And over the first several years, we found out that you have to get the free T3 especially and the free T4 if you have a combined treatment in the right area of the range. We saw that if we do not get those in the right area of the range, if you have a combined treatment, you will eventually crash. In other words, if you get, for example, your free T3 mid-range or slightly below or slightly above, you do feel better. See, that's why you can't solely go by symptoms. We learned repeatedly and worldwide because you will feel good at first, but what happens is the way we word it, because we're not doctors, we're patients, we mm -hmm. say the amount that puts you anywhere around mid-range is not enough, and this is the way I say it, for your weekly, monthly, and yearly needs. The individuality is when you're going to crash. Okay. So you're using, well, would it be fair to say then that you are looking at sort of the whole picture, but maybe you're putting different weights on certain values, like let's say free T3, is that, you know, have more weight than let's say TSH or free T4? Is that sort oh, of how you're thinking about it? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, you know, uh, people are listening, T3 is the active thyroid hormone. Mm -hmm. It does have a lot of weight. 
Um, but when we're on combined, we're also looking at the free T4, but we pay attention to the free T3. Our goal we learn so we don't crash is to get it in the upper area. Now notice I just said upper area. There are very few absolutes in thyroid treatments and people try to make absolutes and that's not patient experiences. So the upper yeah. area, it will also happen with desiccated thyroid uh, to put it kind of around mid-range or slightly higher. Okay. And then as you're doing this, you, I assume you're probably also paying attention to symptoms and seeing how people feel. Are you watching anything like, let's say, basal body temperature, resting heart rate? What does that look like for you? We, we used to think that was important, but what turned out to be more important is we found out that you have to have, when you're raising without having problems, you have to have the right amount of iron. And we learned what that is, which you can see on the lab values page on the website. Okay. We'll send people have there. Yeah, you have to have the right amount of iron because if you don't and you're raising something with T4 in it, the T4 starts converting to RT3. Mm -hmm. Number two, you can't have high inflation as your uh, inflammation. inflation. <laughs> you don't want inflation either. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have high yeah. inflammation when you're yeah. raising. That will raise RT3. And you can't have a cortisol problem because cortisol problems, we used to think it was only low, but it's also high. That sure. as you're raising, and we named it pooling and it fits, that as you're raising, the free T3 starts going high in the blood and not mm. making it to the cells. So you gotta have the right, of, I'm trying to send my husband to the door. You gotta okay. have the right, well, maybe that's just a delivery man. Okay. You have to have the right amount of cortisol when you're raising. Mm. Those are important. Okay, good. And so when you were mentioning crashing, are you talking about the sort of thing that happens? And I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I see this a lot where you'll have people who will get started on thyroid medication like level thyroxine or even NDT. They'll feel better for a period of time and they might get worse and they feel better if they up their dose and then they feel worse. Is that kind of what you're referring to when you say crashing? Oh, yeah. Because again, when people hit mid-range, they do feel better. Yeah. And we, were, we used to go by that. But mm -hmm. then a lot of us were crashing. The individual individualities when we crashed went, oh, we may feel better at mid-range. But as I say, it turns out that is not enough for our weekly, monthly, and yearly needs. And the right. individualities when we crash, meaning hypothyroidism comes back. Gotcha. Okay. And do you see any sort of, let's say... Um problems with this approach? Do you see people who are maybe accidentally overdosing or, um, you know, my only concern here would be, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of people um, doing things on their own. I think it's actually really important, especially in this space. Um, but I do worry that maybe some people might take too much accidentally, or is that just not something you see? What's your kind of opinion on that? Well, you have to understand my approach. My approach is to educate. In fact, I'm an, okay. I have an MED, Masters of Education, so right. it's nice. natural for me to educate. So what I'm always doing is educating through the website and the books and the blog and coaching calls. Here's what patients have learned, mm -hmm. you know, so I can't change if somebody doesn't listen. Mm -hmm. And there are people that are not reading, they're not listening, but all I can do is keep saying, you've got to keep looking at your free T3 and free T4. And I want to add here, you got to look at that RT3, mm -hmm. then you won't overdose. And, you, you, oh, and, and you've got to learn where you're supposed to fall. Sure, sure. Will you will you also just sort of elaborate just real quickly here for anybody who maybe doesn't know what the RT3 is? We just sort of explain a little bit of the physiology there, what reverse T3 is and, and um, what you're looking for. Do you want it high? Do you want it low? I mean, I know this, but I, you know, just if you could explain it for these people. Listening. Oh, I have a lot to say to you. Uh, okay, again, let's hear it. <laughs> remember that I'm about 20 years of patient reported observations and experiences. Mm -hmm. And I and also I look for consistency. Just because one or two people tell me this, I don't report it. I mm -hmm. wait until I see consistency among a large body of patients. Gotcha. RT3, gotcha. reverse T3, is an inactive hormone. Mm -hmm. And I explain, I have to I have to talk to all levels, so I explain as easy as I can. 
everybody can make RT3. Like if you're in a car accident and you're injured, your RT3 is going to go up. And there's a reason. Um, if you have a virus and we're suspicious of COVID, your RT3 is going to go up. That means the body slows you down so it can concentrate on healing you. Well, for us, the RT3 will go up for three reasons. And I said them earlier, low iron, inflammation, high cortisol. So you got to also keep track of that because if your RT3 is going up, whoops, you've got something you need to correct. Okay, good. And then when you're looking at reverse T3, are you looking for specific ranges? Like you said, there's an optimal range for free T3. So what are you thinking about in terms of reverse, reverse T3 ranges or okay, any, any insight there? Oh yeah, let me tell you this. <laughs> um, all these years, we've also been looking at labs. And in and lots of labs in the groups mm -hmm. that I was a creator was a part of, and there was occasional individuals that help out. And we began to see with all lab work, it has nothing to do with falling anywhere in those ridiculous ranges. Mm -hmm. You're still sick if you're falling anywhere. What we saw is that healthy people fell in a certain part of the range. Now there's little gray areas, there's nothing absolute, sure. but we saw that people without an RT3 problem who were coming in our group were generally the bottom two numbers of US and Can Canadian top ranges and some European, the mm -hmm. bottom two numbers or below. And mm -hmm. some of them were third from the bottom, but they were higher. So mm -hmm. that is our goal. Now it's gonna be a little different with some worldwide ranges who are broader. But if you compare your range to US ranges, Canadian ranges, you'll see where, where those bottom two numbers, sometimes a third from the bottom fall and figure out what that means with your broader range. Okay, so you kind of looking at optimizing for free T3 within the higher end and reverse T3 at the lower end. Is that sort of a generalization that we can make based off, you know, kind of your experience? Okay, that's kind of exactly what, what I, I tend to think. And I, I do think people like to look at numbers, right? Everybody likes to have specific numbers. It needs to be this value. And I've gone as far as to say there are ranges, you know, like let's say percentage ranges, but I don't even think that's really great either because of the reasons you mentioned previously. But I will say, I think that is better than nothing. And so I do think if your step is, if it's a step in the right direction, right? And what I mean by that is if you look at the TSA range, which is like 0.5 to 4.5, let's just say, you know, or 5.5, depends on which one you're looking at. And you look at that broad range and you're saying, well, it, try and get your TSH between one and two. That's better than the previous one, but it isn't completely there. You kind of get what I'm saying? You're, you're stepping in the right direction, but you're not all the way there. No, so and it's not because because we as patients know where patients fall generally, there's gray areas when mm -hmm. they don't have hypothyroidism. And the majority, no absolutes, are generally in the ones. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while we'll see low twos because we know the TSH varies. Sure. They're not even three. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. I think, yeah, two, above two, I think you start to get into problems. So if you're, if, if you're someone listening to this and you have a TSH of 2.2, 2.3, 2.4, something like that, and you're taking thyroid medication, chances are you're probably going to need more than that. Um, that's just been my experience. So let's do this. Let's shift into talking a little bit about NDT. So I know you've been a big advocate of using natural desiccated thyroid. Maybe what you, can I have you just briefly explain what NDT is? And then I want to talk um, a little transition into a little bit of the problems that have been happening with NDT and where that sort of puts thyroid patients at, you know, is this still an ideal thyroid medication for people to use? Should they be transitioning to combo T4, T3 medications? You know, let's sort of start the conversation with NDT there, if you don't mind. Okay. I have a lot to say. Okay. Um, all right. Let's hear it. Desiccated thyroid, which is usually porcine. Mm -hmm. um, versions of it, sometimes they were sheep. I've got a bottle of sheep, um, started being used in the 1890s and it worked. And hypothyroid patients were on animal thyroid for decades, um, and it worked. And then what happened, and I've done a lot of research, that around 1960, Knoll Pharmaceuticals, which then made Synthroid, decided to market Synthroid, calling it a new and modern way to treat hypothyroidism. And unfortunately, the doctors fell for it. There's one that didn't, and he's in Canada, 
um, uh, I forgot his name, it's a D word, but uh, they all fell for it and they started changing their patients, hypothyroid patients, from what worked, which was porcine thyroid, to Synthroid, which is T4 only. And there is one doctor, that Canadian doctor, that admitted to me he was seeing his patients go downhill in the 1960s, including my own mother. Um, so that was a tragedy. And so we've all, most of us, not all, have been put on T4 only, which is just a storage hormone meant to convert to T3. But we found there's too many problems for a lot of us sooner or later that are going to block the conversion of T4 as a storage hormone to the active T3. So I come along and my life changes on desiccated thyroid. There were others that were starting to see that maybe a year or two before I came along, but it wasn't well known. Changed my life. So the reason I started promoting desiccated thyroid, it made sense. It was uh, natural. It had T4, T3, T2, T1, and calcitonin. It's still around today, but we need to talk about that. Um, and it was working for everybody. That doesn't mean that you couldn't get on other versions, um, but it was just big. It was really cool. People were into natural. It really worked if you knew to get optimal. Now, fast forward, dang. Um, there's been a tragedy. Understand that there was a facility, I think it was in Arkansas at the time, it's not anymore, called American Labs. And as I understand it, you know, they were the distributor, distributor of porcine powder. And I'm not privy to why, uh, because all the secret didn't know what going on. But around 2017, they stopped supplying porcine. I wish somebody who had knowledge would tell me why. Uh, we heard rumors, but I won't go into that. Yeah. And when they stopped supplying porcine powder, um, several of the pharma pharmaceuticals moved to other sources. Two of them admitted it, that they were getting it from Europe. Well, what does Europe mean? All right, it was the Canadian version was admitting it and Estella was admitting it. And along with that change, problems were coming up. Um, the first problem was Natrothroid. Natrothroid and WP Thyroid have been around wonderful products since the 1930s. People were starting to grow in the amount. They're saying, my, my symptoms are coming back on Natrothroid and on, finally on WP. That went on for two years. What, Suddenly, what time frame were we, by the way, when this first started? Just so um, we have an idea. It, it was by 2018 that I was seeing an increase in patients reporting it was problematic. So I was seeing around 2016, 17. So that probably makes I, sense. Maybe, it was probably building up. Yeah, maybe it started in 16. You know, 2020 with COVID oh no, sure, has, yeah, yeah, has messed up my dates. But anyway, yeah. there there was a two year period okay. that a lot of people were going downhill. It mm -hmm. was obvious, right? Then it was recalled, mm -hmm. and to to us that was the right thing to do because we were all going downhill. So major thyroid was, had gone downhill for us. WP thyroid had gone, deal, gone downhill for us. They're both made by RLC. Then it started happening. I think, yeah, I think the next thing was in 2019. Um, there was another desiccated thyroid product that used to be wonderful. And it may be back, but anyway, it was called NP thyroid. And that's right. by Stella. Great product. It was like the old armor yeah. and wonderful product. Now, armor's been, been around all this time. Yeah. And it went downhill and it went downhill in a weird way. Patients were reporting weird symptoms, burning down their throat, burning in yeah. their stomach. The change of the smell, I believe too, the right? The smell was like, yeah. we, call it, we just say it, cat piss. Because yeah, that's right, a, ammonia is what it, yeah, but yeah. It yeah. smelled like cat piss. <laughs> that's right? what I heard, yeah. And yeah. so then it was recalled and right. we all believe, thank God, because it was harming people, mm -hmm. all right? So the really, and there were others along the way that went out of business, we think the FDA had something to do with it. Generics, I've, I've got I've got it on timeline on the website. Okay. So the only one left has been Armor. It was still working. 
the uh, uh, the makers of armor, which has changed hands with pharmaceuticals, was saying we are getting our porcine. Uh, they were initially saying from Canada and the U.S. There's another one now. Okay, fast forward. Whoops, we have some suspicion, but it's not all. It's there's not absolutes here that some people were having problems that didn't make sense, who had been successful for years. And on armor thyroid, right? Yeah, on the yeah. only one left that was working. And we're so, talking about today, like we're talking recently yeah. within the last, yeah, okay. I just want yeah. to catch everyone up to kind of what we're talking about. We were previously in 2016, now we're kind of in 2021 now we're here. 2021. Yeah. And they were privately emailing me and went, whoa, you know. So um, I was delayed in reporting it because I have a sick husband from Agent Orange. Oh, but okay. during that time, I was really starting to investigate. That's the way I do things. I don't pop something out to the public just because I want to. Mm -hmm. I started investigating. And what I saw was there is, and that's true today, there is still a, a camp, I call it a camp of people who are doing well on it. And mm -hmm. a lot of them have been posting their labs and you can see they are, they're optimal. There is another camp of people that something seems suspicious. Now with those, what I can see is, yeah, something weird going on with their bottle of armor, but some of the other ones, it was obvious they never got optimal. So in, in a fair investigation, I'm saying to those today, to be fair in our investigation with integrity, at least try to get optimal because your problem may be you never got optimal or your problem may be you have a cortisol problem. In all fairness, give that a chance to find out and correct it. Um, so so we're, we're, we're in a period where we don't understand what's going on. A lot of people are still doing well. They have been presenting lab work and then a, lot of, and then a certain body of people are suspicious. So, so now I'm gonna jump because we have limited time. What do we do about this? Right. Well, based on what we're observing and being in fair with integrity, um, you have three choices today. Um, number one, you can choose to continue with armor if it's working for you and your labs prove it. I always say keep track of your freeze and your RT3. And if they're optimal, go to the optimal page on STEM. You may be fine for now, but keep track of it. The, the second thing, and we support you, is go to T4T3. That's synthetic T4 and synthetic T3 and go to the optimal page. That is also your goal. And people are feeling really great. It works. And then the final option, option is T3 only. You know, that is mostly uh, for people who have an RT3 problem and have not yet figured out how to treat it. It's a little rougher treatment because you have to multi-dose it, but those are your options today. Okay, so if you're listening to this and you were somebody who was doing well on natural desiccated thyroid, let's say, let's say armor just as an example, or let's say actually you were on Nature Throid. Nature Throid is not available, so then you get switched to armor. You were on armor, you're doing okay. Now it's not doing so well anymore. Well, even if that's the case, you still have those three options that Janie just talked about. So, um, you know, I think I think sometimes thyroid patients have a tendency to maybe lose hope because it is frustrating. And believe me, I I don't take thyroid medication, so I'm I you know I don't live in those shoes. But from my perspective, I, there always seems to be a way out or at least a way to feel, you know, as close to 100% as possible. So I do want- There always has been. Yeah. And I, as far as I know, that's been the case. And you have much, you know, you've been in this game longer than I have. So it sounds like there always is a way. So don't lose hope if you're, if you're listening to this, there still are options available to you. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of a fair recap? Yeah. And that's what I told the Stop the Thyroid Madness Facebook group last night with a, a, a live presentation. Okay, very good. So, and that actually brings us to my next topic, which I wanna talk about, and that is online Facebook group, or online thyroid groups, we'll say. Um, I think some of them are on Facebook and whatnot, but um, I really wanna hear your opinion sort of on these Facebook groups. Do you think that they provide more benefit than they do harm? If they do cause harm, um, what kind of have you seen? Like, what's your sort of opinion on these, these groups that are online right now? I wanna say that I have no intention of insulting anybody, but, Unfortunately, huh, there's too many groups where the owner and or the moderator 
just kind of let it get to their egos and they start uh, giving, making up information. I've seen that happen a lot and, and they're going to be defensive for me saying this. I see them making black and white statements um, that is not true. That is not patient experiences because patient experiences is not about absolutes. There's going to be gray areas. So I do see a lot of problems in spite yeah. of some of the good things. So all yeah. I can say to anyone, be careful. Any group, even the one I own, I can't always know, you know, what my moderator might be saying, moderator might be saying wrong. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying to you, if you're going to go to a group, please, for your own sake, check Stop the Thyroid Madness with what they're, versus what they're saying. Check the book. If you do a, a, a coaching call with me, listen to what we've learned for 20 years, because that will save you some problems. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I'm not a part of these groups. Um, I've, I've never been in one. I actually am not a big Facebook guy in general, so I don't spend a lot of time on there. And I'm sure there are groups outside of Facebook, but I do think there are some pretty large ones on Facebook. Um, so I don't, I don't actually know what's being said in there, but I do know that I have heard what people have said that, you know, I, I, X, Y, and Z has been said over here. And I, I look at them like, well, that's just not correct. But the problem is they believe that it's correct. And so I, I think know. if you have enough people propagating some of this information, that's where I get a little bit concerned. Having said that, there is also this idea where if you get all, all of your information only from your doctor, well, you're not going to get good information. So you're kind of in this situation where you're like, do you think the pros outweigh the cons of the groups themselves? Like, what is your opinion on that? I think it depends on the group. I know it's a hard question, but well, what, what do you think? I, I, I'm in a spot. It, it, it's just like, it depends because I see good groups go bad. I'm seeing mm -hmm. it now. Oh, I see. Um, okay. And, and people, there are certain kinds of people that want to follow certain kinds of leaders that are, that are going, that have gone downhill. Sure. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing I can do, but say to anybody listening, be careful in any group, double check the information with what's on Stop the Thyroid Madness, because Stop the Thyroid Madness is not based on ego, because I, I work hard to control mine. It's not mm -hmm. based on opinion. It's based on consistent experiences and observations for 20 years also compared to the book mm -hmm. that'll save you a lot of trouble in these groups yeah and i would say if you're thinking about looking at a facebook group and maybe the information is contradictory i would look from the source so in, in the case of janie i mean you're looking at somebody who has spent 20 years doing this you're looking at somebody who has gathered a significant sum of information um, you're also looking at somebody who was able to uh, get their life back in order to get back to 100 percent. and so a lot of the times i'll see people um, you know, and I, I don't know their situation, but I am pretty confident that their thyroid is not under control and yet they are giving advice to other people. And that always makes me a, a, a little bit hesitant when I hear stuff like that. I'm like, well, um, I'm not, not so sure that's the best source ever, but let me, let me ask you this. So, um, in terms of the type of bad information, are there any myths that you've seen that have been propagated consistently, um, that maybe, you know, the big ones, and, and if you don't have any, that's fine. I just wanted to kind of see if you had any off the top of your head that you've seen that are just outright wrong or things that frustrate you when you see them, you're like, oh, why won't that thing just well, die? It's not major things. It's, it's people that kind of let it get to their head and I they see. start making up things. Okay. Um, you know, like we've had groups to say, if you have high cortisol, you need to take 10 of this pill and nine oh, of that pill. And speaking in absolutes with. type of deal. Oh, and, and there are not absolutes in patient experiences. No, so if you hear a moderator or an owner speak an absolute, all people, no one, you're mm -hmm. in trouble. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I have seen the strangest things with thyroid patients. I'm sure you've seen even more than I have because, you know, in this time period. But having, having you know, being the uh, the owner of a website like that, I'm sure you get people emailing you all the time. And it is, it's a it's a huge source of information for me. I, I never want to stop receiving those emails. And I do receive them. Um, and I respond to most of them if I can. I, there's oftentimes, and you probably are in the situation where there's just so many, 
you can't respond to every single one, but I do my best to respond to as many as I can. So I do see a wide range of people who react in very different ways. You know, I mean, each individual is truly an individual and um, it's kind of difficult if all you're looking at is just one person, maybe 10 people, that doesn't really compare to, to the thousands that have potentially gone through similar situations. Right. Um, so let's, let's do this. I, I want to kind of talk, we'll kind of close up here, but I want to sort of uh, talk a little bit about doctors. So if you, if somebody's listening to this, they're frustrated because their doctor's not doing the things that we're talking about. They're not getting that natural desiccated thyroid. What sort of advice do you have for them? Do you have a list of doctors perhaps that, that um, you can recommend, or do you have a list of criteria that you would recommend somebody looks at in order to find the right kind of doctor? Where do you sort of sit on that? Okay, 20 years, I can say this, not absolutes, but generally the worst doctor you can see is an endocrinologist. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. But there, but Agreed. there's no absolutes. Right. People say, well, I found a really good one. Sometimes. Yay. Yeah, sometimes. But I'm saying yeah. if you're starting from scratch, that's the worst place to start from scratch. They're, they're very narrow-minded. They go by the APA. They're terrible. Go by the TSH generally. I would say the vast majority. Yeah, um, I'm with you but, on that. So a few things to say though. Um, you could look for an integrative medicine doctor and have better better chances. You can look for a functional medicine doctor and have better chances. You can have better chances with a DO. Um, but but here's the deal that I say to everybody: your chances improve in working with a doctor. And please forgive me, doctors. Your oh, chances yeah. improve in getting well by you as the patient getting better informed. Because 100%. because that's what I do. I I give you information on the website in the books, in the, in the coaching calls, in the blog to make you better informed so that you can listen to any doctor and catch, whoops, I like the first thing you said, but that second and third thing you said, I don't believe in that. Yeah. And you, then you see how they're gonna react. If they react good and you can guide them, keep them. If you can't guide them, and there's a lot of doctors with big eagles, I'm sorry, Dr. Oh, you're, you're good. If you yeah. cannot guide, move on. Yeah. So I was actually just going to ask you this question, but we kind of already answered it. But I, I have posed this question, which I think is really important. I said, is it necessary for thyroid patients to have more knowledge than their doctors when it comes to managing the thyroid? Um, yes. So I, I, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like that's a resounding yes. And I, I actually tend to agree with that. Um, I know that that can kind of be a hard pill to swallow for some people, because when you're getting into something like this, we're talking about reverse T3, free T3, you know, total T3, TSH, like all these symptoms, all these things, um, cortisol, iron levels, et cetera. So if you are, you know, just being introduced to this, may, this may sound overwhelming. Um, but that's why like Janie has a ton of information. I have a ton of information. You know, you can, you can look at these things, just, just get started and it will slowly sort of, um, get into your brain, brain via osmosis, even if you just hear it over and over again. So that's sort of, uh, my opinion on that. I don't, do you have anything else to add on that in terms of how, do, how thyroid patients get information? You sound like a doctor worth seeing. Um, and, but I still say become informed, never mm -hmm. put all your apples, even in the better doctors, uh, a basket yeah. because there may be something he or she is missing. And yeah. that's what Stop the Thyroid Madness gives you. Awesome. Well, and I really appreciate you doing that because it's been a good source of information for me. And I know thousands, hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people have looked at um, your website and seen your information over the years. So um, in closing, what, what, what should, where should people go if they want to get in contact with you, if they're interested in coaching with you, if they want to buy your books? How can people get in contact with you and your website and so on? So where can they find you? Well, the website is StopTheThyroidMadness.com. Okay. And it's huge because I've been yeah. doing it for 20 years. And you, and it's not, you know, it, you, you look at certain areas to learn, mm -hmm. right? And, and it's all, it's all there. Um, okay. Secondly, there's the books. I have the, the, it's called STEM one, which is stop the thyroid madness, a patient revolution against decades of inferior treatment. Mm -hmm. That is for everyone. It's okay. chock full of information we've learned. 
Um, there is a, a Hashimoto's book called Hashimoto's Taming the Beast. Okay. Um, I made that more patient to patient than, than other ones I've seen. The other ones are good. Mm -hmm. This is more patient to patient. I condense it down to make it easier to read. There's that one. There is a middle book um, in which I asked certain practitioners to write about a certain subject because I knew they were strong. And that was done so that other practitioners could say, oh, my colleague knows better about this than I do. Yeah. You know, and, and two, of the, two of them have already passed away, unfortunately, oh, but their, their chapters are good. So you've okay. got that. Um, I do coaching calls. Okay. I'm getting ready to have a new system coming up in the next couple of weeks you, that I will announce cool. uh, that I think people will be excited about. I have the blog. I have, you know, I do own two groups, which I keep smaller. So there's more one-on-one -on -one, okay. uh, uh, information. Are these and on Facebook? These groups on um, Facebook? Well, I have I have a 60 and over group and I have one, I had I have one on Yahoo. The, the original group I started in 2002 was a Yahoo group. They became less helpful. So now it's a groups.io called the STEM group. And okay. I, I keep it small. Okay. So I will, what I'll do is I'll put the links to the books down below, the links to the website. Um, and if there's a link to the coaching page, I can do that too. Um, but look, guys, if you're, if you're struggling, if you, you know, think you need additional help, I think Janie's an amazing resource. So I would definitely look into her information, um, her coaching, uh, and the other resources that she has available to you. So, um, and you'll be able to find those in the link below. Um, otherwise that's kind of all I have for you guys, Janie, you've been an amazing guest. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really thank appreciate your time. Yeah. All right, and thank you very much. No problem. And that's all I have for you guys. So I'll see you in the next one.